so monthly i was probably doing two to three deals a month and the average wholesale deal here um would probably be from like five to ten thousand but i would get lucky and get those big ones so i've done some for twenty five thousand ninety thousand thirty thousand but What's up, everybody? Jamel Gibbs here, and welcome to another podcast episode. Today, we have a youngster on the line, but don't get it twisted. He is absolutely crushing it in his market. Now, he comes by way of Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, he started investing when he was 18, uh, fresh out of high school, uh, even started younger than me because when I started, I was 21 years old, but he, he figured out the game a little quicker than I did. And partly because he has his cousin, he had his cousin uh, backing him up. A lot of you guys probably know who his cousin is, Marcel Humphrey, good friend of mine as well. And uh, he's actually going to be on the podcast as well. But um, I wanted to reach out to Derek because he's a unique, uh, he has a unique situation in his real estate investing business. Now, here's a young guy who right now, uh, Derek is 24 years old and from 18 to 24, so basically over the last six years, he flipped over 50 houses already, uh, wholesaled over 50 houses, made a lot of money doing it, but now he's transitioning into uh, wholesaling and rehabbing properties as well. Um, I know you said that, what, what was your first deal, uh, $20,000 on, on your first rehab, was it? Yeah, uh, my first rehab was about 25000 25000 then, then you said you did forty. Uh, that will be my next one, but my second rehab, which is the one that's about to settle this month, that'll be for six figures. Yeah. So listen to that. That's, that's exactly, I didn't <laughs> want him to, to, to blow it up too quick, but guess what? <laughs> this guy is 24 years old, about to get a six, it's going to be over a hundred thousand dollars, a six figure check at 24 years old. Now there's a lot of young guys out here crushing it in the market. I absolutely love that. I love the fact that young, young guys are coming out and, and really doing their thing. Uh, me, I started when I was 21. By the time I was 25, I was pretty much well off um, in, in the real estate business. But, you know, here's another young guy come from the same type of background as me, you know, come from Baltimore. You know, I'm from Brooklyn, obviously, but he, he's in Baltimore and he took action. Now, let me ask you a question, Derek. Did you go to college? Yeah, I did. I didn't finish, though. But you didn't I, finish. I planned it. it back and finish <laughs> now the difference between me and you man i i uh i registered for college but i never went i didn't go so that's the difference um but i was a late bloomer uh compared to you when you know you started at 18 i started at 21 but i wanted to welcome derek anthony to the call guys and um just kind of talk to him and talk to the younger crowd a little bit as well about how to get started investing in real estate what's going on derek I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on, Jamel, man. I look up to you a lot, sis. Truly, man. Spectacular. I'm happy to be here. Oh, man, I appreciate that, man. Um, it's, you know, I'm encouraged by, by you and by other young guys as well, you know, um, who are out there. You could be doing anything right now, but you choose to do something positive. And also, uh, you, choose to, um, you choose to help others by way of podcasts and education platforms like this as well, man. So it's an honor to have you, man. And, um, 
you know, I, I can see you doing a lot of big things in, in the, uh, like your cousin in the uh, very near future, man. So yeah. um, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I know we met a few years ago uh, yeah. in a mastermind. Yeah. Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself uh-huh. and how you got started in real estate? Yeah, thanks. So, um, I mean, pretty much to piggyback off of what you said, you got everything right. But I got started uh, my senior year of high school uh, when I was 18 years old. Pretty much I didn't know what school I was going to go to for college, man. I applied to a bunch of different schools. I didn't get accepted into none of the schools I wanted to go to. Um, I was working with my cousin, Marcel, with his seminars and like his information business and stuff like that. And uh, you know, just helping them out with that. I really didn't know what wholesaling was at the time because I was just more so on that side of the business. Um, however, he told me about wholesaling, jumped into it. First wholesale I, wholesale deal I did was for $25,000. And ever at since then, years old, so you was in high school and you made that twenty five grand. I just graduated high school. Nice, man. And that next month, I had a $25,000 check. So from that point on... Hello, everybody. Let me give them a round of applause for that one. Yeah. Round of applause for that one right there. Yeah, so... I at 18 years old, man. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I had never had a job before. Um, so that was my first time receiving a check. And from that point forward, man, it was, like, life-changing. Because I'd never seen that much money before. Like, it was crazy. So from that point on, got into wholesaling. Uh, still was helping out with the seminars and stuff like that. That's how I met you down in Tampa. And um, from that point forward, you know, just kept going. And now I'm getting into the rehabbing, which I like a lot. Still doing some wholesaling, but trying to uh, trying to get my wholesaling business, I would say, like, up and going by itself. So Got I'm it. more focused on the rehabbing right now until I can build that up and just get that up and running by itself as well. And then, so- you know. So let's talk about let's talk about wholesaling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the average eighteen year old don't know how to buy a house. Would you? Right. Agree? Yeah, so I would. You had some guidance. You had your cousin backing you up. Mm-hmm. How hard was it? Like, what did you do to get your first deal? Yeah. So um, for my first deal, I did a lot of cruising for cash. I'm sure you're familiar with Driving that. Driving for dollars. Driving for dollars, cruising for cash, yep. So pretty much is that's basically you get into your car, or even if you don't have a car, you could walk in your own backyard, your own neighborhood, and you'll be surprised at how many houses uh, you find that are vacant that you never even paid attention to. I love that. Hold on. Pause there for a second, man. Uh-huh. You said driving for dollars. Most people make excuses, right? Would you agree? Most people yeah. make excuses? Yeah. What was the next thing you said after that? What can you do if you don't have a car? Walk. I did Walk. that. <laughs> Walk for dollars. I love it. So you didn't make an excuse. You, you turned lemon. You, you yeah. took lemons and, turned no. it and made lemonade, right? Yeah. Love it, man. So, so you, you, uh, you found your first. How many leads did it t- take for you to find your first deal when you were driving for dollars? Um, Tons, man. I can't put a number on it. Um, I would drive for dollars literally every single day because I had no money to, you know, do a direct mail campaign or anything like that. So, I mean, tons and tons of leads, maybe hundreds. Because, you know, here, there are tons of vacant houses here. Yep, Baltimore. Yeah. So, um, I mean, hundreds of leads probably before I came across that one. Now, once you found those leads, what was the next thing you did? 
Uh, well, the next, well, once I, you know, went out cruising for cash, uh, took down a house that was vacant, looked up the people, uh, looked up the phone numbers and called them. And if I wasn't able to reach out to them, then I would write up a postcard, which you can literally get from the post office. This is a nugget. It's a postcard you can get, but literally I think like 25 cent or 30 cent or something like that. Yep. But, but they did sell packs of them, packs of like, uh, I think a hundred or something for like 40 or 50 bucks or something like that. And I would hand write the postcards and send them out and send them out to them. Love it, man. And, uh, and yeah. No excuses at all, man. I, I love that, man. I love that story. You know, you didn't have a lot of money, you know, too many people, you know, are, are real comfortable in that situation. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you're too comfortable, then you just don't, and you want to succeed at something and you're not pressing to get to where you want to be, then you just don't want it bad enough. You obviously, you didn't make any excuses. You're 18 years old. You're in high school doing this and then mm -hmm. closed your first deal right after high school, driving for dollars. You know, you didn't have the money for the direct mail campaign. So you just went and bought mm -hmm. a, you spent 50 bucks on a pack of postcards, mm -hmm. wrote everybody and then mailed it out. A little bit of yeah. money it cost you. What would you say it cost, cost you for something like that? Less than a hundred bucks, maybe. Less than a hundred dollars. And, and, and yeah. what was the return on the investment again? What did you 25, make? It was 25,000, which is a- Come I on, guys. hundred times over. hundred dollars does make $25,000. So how many of you, uh, and this is just a question, a rhetorical question for everybody listening right now. How many of you are in a position right now where you feel like, uh, you don't have a lot of money and you may be making excuses, right? Pro you're probably making excuses right now, but you don't know what to do. You don't know how to do it. That's why you listen to these podcasts. That's why you uh, go to, to YouTube and I teach you everything on YouTube, right? For free. This is free information. But too many people make excuses of why they can't do something rather than just getting out there and getting it done. You spent $100, which you probably didn't have. No. And you made 25 grand off of it. Right? Yeah. So how did you start rolling into your next, your next few deals? Well, typically, uh, and this is something Marcel has said a lot, but I've actually noticed, and this maybe just be like the law of attraction. Like it's really hard to get your first deal, but once you get your first deal, then it's just like, it's a yep. rolling effect. So, I mean, it's really hard to say, but it's like, once you get your first deal, you close your first deal. Now you have some money. So now you can send out those direct mail campaigns. And I continue to do the same thing I've been doing. So just, uh, I would pretty much say just putting that money back into the business and just uh, continue to do the same thing I've been was doing. So if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, it's been six years now. You've done over 50 of these houses. So what would you say you were averaging? How many uh, wholesale deals were you averaging on an annual basis? Uh, so monthly, I was probably doing two to three deals a month. And the average wholesale deal here um, would probably be from like five to 10,000. But I would get lucky and get those big ones. So I've done some for 25,000, 90,000, 30,000. But those, those aren't like your, you won't get those all the those time. Those are home runs. Those, those are, home are home runs. runs. Right. So I like, to, I like to call those. So, you you know, the smaller checks are base hits. But mm -hmm. then, you know, every once in a while, you're going to get that home run. Yeah. And those, and those small, small checks are great. Add up. Doing a two to three 
and you're making five thousand off each check, those are great. Yeah, man, those those definitely add up. Keep keep the lights on, right? Yeah, definitely. So obviously, you're starting to make a transition in your business right now, and um, you know you've made some pretty good money. You know, I don't, you know, fifty, sixty deals or so. You've made, you know, some pretty good money. Yeah. In your business, you know, so you're starting to take that money now, and you're starting to get into the rehab. So you mentioned you did one for twenty five, one for forty five. Was it? That you're about to close? And 40,000. 40,000. And then you got yeah. that you're about to close on for six figures. So you're close to $200,000 just in rehabs on your third one. Yeah. So let's talk about the rehab process a little bit. So, mm -hmm. you know, how did you get started in rehabs? Yeah. So um, it's a funny story. It's something I kind of stumbled across. I didn't, I used to look at rehabbing like it was a lot of work. Because, you know, with wholesaling, we're not pretty much – not saying we're not doing any work, but it's – only thing you're doing is getting in touch with the seller, putting out some contract, taking pictures, and then sending it out to your list of buyers, and then you have a settlement. So it's not like you're dealing with any contractors or anything like that. So I never was looking to get into rehabbing. Um, but I stumbled across, um, I want to say, five properties from this – one seller right and I was able to get the properties dirt cheap like extremely low right so my initial plans was to actually keep the properties and hold on to them and rent them out uh, for cash flow every single month but there are some things with that as well that you know a lot of people don't know right so I got the properties and was trying to you know I had rehabbed them and well, the first one I rehab and I was about to get a tenant in there. Then I had, and this is a good thing with having like a mentor or someone around you. Cause I talked to Marcel and I talked to someone else and it was like, man, the best thing I think you should do is sell the property. Cause we looked at the numbers and everything. And I was like, you know what? I think that's what's best. So I ended up selling that property and I had the second one, which is the one that I'm doing now. And I'm selling that one as well. So, um, back to your question, you said, how did I get into yeah. flipping? So how did you get into it? Yeah. It, it was just something I literally stumbled across. Like I was getting into it, it by accident, basically. Yeah. It was something I was getting into thinking I'm planning on keeping these properties and, you know, holding on to them. And I decided to sell them. So now, now most, most people, you know, especially at 24 years old, they don't have the money to, uh, to go out and start rehabbing houses. How did you manage to do that? Right. Um, that's, that's, that's true. And I didn't have, uh, I don't have like, and a lot of people don't have a hundred thousand dollars to sit and to just put into a flip, which right. is totally fine. Cause a lot of people, even if you have a hundred, you don't have a lot of money or you do have a lot of money. A lot of people don't use their own money to flip houses. So I was able to get in touch with a lender um, who was able to loan me the money to flip the houses because I had got them so cheap. It was a right. little brain. So, so is this a private money lender or is it hard money? Hard money lender. Hard money lender. Okay. So obviously yeah. they wanted some type of point to yeah. something. No, I didn't have to put nothing down on the properties. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got them so, so cheap. So I didn't have to bring anything to the table. Um, 
this was someone that I was so Marcel knew someone. He put me in touch with a lady that he thought she was a lender. Turns out she helps people get in touch with lenders. And she charges a fee for that that comes out at the settlement. So she put me in touch with the lender. Um, I showed him the properties. Of course, it made sense. And I didn't have to put anything down uh, for that. But that's not normal. <laughs> so Yeah, it's not normal. So normally, you got to bring some type of points to the table. You got to pay closing costs. Yeah. And you have to, to make a monthly payment. But that, that depends. But I did have to make a payment every okay. single month. I did have to pay, pay every okay. single month. So but I just didn't have to bring anything to the table, though. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, like, when I first met my first private money person, that's when I started rehabbing houses. I was about your age right now, uh, mm-hmm. probably a little younger. And, um, you know, my first, uh, the first lender that I was dealing with, she, she ran a title company in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. And um, she would lend money to investors. So, I would lit- she would literally put up the money. And then mm-hmm. just take her profit on the back. I yeah. didn't have to make a monthly payment. Yeah. I didn't have to pay points or anything up front. She took all the profit when we sold the property. So it was yeah. easier on me to get started. But she was more more so of a private money mm-hmm. individual than a uh, a regular Perfect. hard money lender. Yeah. You know? so, so you're rehabbing houses now. Uh, what type of neighborhoods are you looking to rehab houses in at the moment? Um. Pretty much the, so the two properties that I just rehabbed, they are in a, I guess, a pretty good neighborhood, homeowner neighborhood. Um, but I'm looking to rehab houses where it just has to make sense on the numbers. Right. So I don't care if it's a row house, which is, because everyone is not sure what a row right. house is. Connected those up north, for, the, for those of you who don't know, row houses yeah. are basically houses, like if you go to Philadelphia, New you go York. To anywhere in Pennsylvania, in New in New York, we call them brownstones in Brooklyn. Brownstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But row houses are houses that are basically stuck together all yep. the way up the street. Yep, and we have a lot of those here. So I'm uh, my first two. Well, actually, the next one is that as well. But I'll do single families as well. Um, but those were just happened to be the ones I came across, and they're in good neighborhoods. So um, as long as it makes sense on the numbers, then I'll be doing it. Got it. Now, how much work would you say you're putting into these these properties? So I'm totally rehabbing them. So my first uh, two, yeah, okay. and that's the best way to do it yep. uh, to me because you don't have to worry about you know something happening. But I totally gutted everything out: new electrical, plumbing, HVAC, roof, windows, everything. And they're nice. they're nice. And they're uh, my first house was on the market for seven days. The one I'm about to close on was only on the market for 11 days. So, um, I mean, the market is hot right now. It is. The house is in great neighborhoods, so they sell fast. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, obviously, you're, you're purchasing them cheap. You're buying them right. You're using the same meth- methodology that you would to find wholesale deals. Yeah. The only difference is you're, you're uh, focusing on rehabs, right? Yeah. On the on a, on a exit strategy. So, yeah. you know, Let's talk about, you know, obviously you, you drive for dollars, you send out direct mail. What type of person are you are you focusing on to find these good rehab deals when it comes uh, to the target seller? Yeah, so, I mean, of course, and this is for everybody should do this, but you want to target someone who, like, needs to sell, right? Mm-hmm. Not someone that, like, wants to sell or thinks 
that, you know, they're trying to sell the house, but someone who's in a situation where they just don't want nothing to do with the property. And uh, my first two houses, that was that situation. They belonged to a guy who was in his seventies, he was sick and he was moving out of state and his daughter, she didn't live here. Uh, she wanted nothing to do with the properties, which is why she let them go extremely cheap. So my main focus is someone who's going through a distressed situation and just wants nothing to do with the property because they're like, they really need to sell it. <laughs> so they'll right. let the house go for dirt cheap. Got it, man. So uh, somebody that, you know, I like to tell people to focus on people that have multiple levels of distress. So yeah. maybe, you know, and like you mentioned, you know, maybe they live out of state, maybe they're moving, maybe they inherited the house and the house is getting code violations and they have tax problems on it. Multiple levels allows you to get better deals. Yeah. Right? Um, so then you're negotiating. You could obviously, because you're rehabbing, you could pay a little bit more than you would on a wholesale, right? Right. But I still try to get the houses yeah. as if I was wholesaling them because not every single house, uh, it's a wholesale deal. Like I had a house that I could have rehab, but it's just a lot going on right now. So I just decided to wholesale it. I love that, man, because you mentioned something that everybody should take note of. Even though you, if you're rehabbing houses, uh, even though you're, you're, you're rehabbing it, that's what your intentions are. Mm -hmm. You still need to focus on purchasing as if you're wholesaling because that's just another exit strategy for you. And mm -hmm. if you don't wholesale, that's just extra money in your pockets anyway. At the yeah. end of the day. Right. So you're how are you selling these properties? Are you listing them on the market or yeah. Okay, so, so you're using a real estate agent? Yeah, my mom is actually a real estate. Oh, nice, so, man. Keeping it yeah. in the family. I like yeah. that. Yep. So, so all of my houses I get, I send straight to her and she listens them. So your mom sells the houses. It's a family business. I love yeah. it, man. And it usually it's taking you in this market, it should take you less than two weeks to sell a house, which is yeah. Bringing true in your market, right? Yeah. Yeah. How are you, how are you re remaining consistent with like, obviously you're working with contractors. You're not doing the work yourself, right? Right. Now, did you ever try to do your work yourself? <laughs> Some stuff like small stuff, but it's, it's not how it looks on TV. Oh man. Let me tell you. So like the reason why I'm asking you that is because my first three rehabs, my first three houses that I ever purchased in my life, I try to do the rehabs myself, mm -hmm. watching, watching TV, thinking it, it was easy. You know, mm -hmm. um, Home Depot, I don't know if they sell it anymore, but they used to sell this orange book. Okay. It was uh, called uh, Home Repair or Home Improvement 123 mm -hmm. or something like that. I still have it in my office. Mm -hmm. And I, would, I went through that book like the first 10 pages, and it was a thick book. But I went through the first 10 pages, and I said to myself, man, I could do this. <laughs> man, I mean, it was probably the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Yeah. But I smartened up and I realized, look, I, I got to hire people that know what they're talking about. Yeah. So for me, that's how I got started in rehabbing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting because you figured out, yeah, I'm going to do some small stuff. But mm -hmm. now at such a young age, you know how to handle contractors. Mm -hmm. um, you know how to find houses. You know how to exit out of them. Mm -hmm. um, and you know how to make money in real estate, man. So, um, Another question I had for you was with the contractors, being that they, they know you're so young. See, me, I was always aggressive. And you're a big guy. <laughs> I, I was always a big guy. Uh, I lift weights and stuff. So 
being that they know that you're so young, do, do you find that they ever try to take advantage of you? And that's a good point. And this is another reason why it's good to have a mentor, because these are actually guys that work with my cousin and that have rapport already. And I knew them before they even started dealing with me. Nice. So we already had a relationship and everything like that, which is great. Love it, man. Keep it in the circle, right? Yeah. Love that. So, so you didn't have a problem with them. Um, you don't give them any money up front, right? No. So, and this is a great point. You mentioned that because um, I actually had a wholesale deal like a couple years back uh-huh. where a kid, he had to be like 21, 22, 23. And he received like a, a huge lump sum check and he purchased a property that he was looking to flip. And this is something I meant to say, but this ties into it. He bought a house that he was looking to fix up and flip. And he gave a contractor a $40,000 check up front. The contractor did nothing to the house. And he lost uh, a ton of money and had to sell the house like really cheap. And he was just in a bad situation. Which then you can't uh, then you can't sue the contractor because they don't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just want to throw that out there. Like if, uh, I mean, you might can get into wholesaling without having a mentor, like you might get lucky and do a deal, but rehabbing has showed me like, if you don't know what you're doing or you don't have a mentor or someone that has done this before, like you will really get in a lot of trouble and lose a lot of money. So I like, seriously guys, um, get with Jamel. I mean, he knows his stuff. Like if you're looking to get into rehabbing or something like that in wholesaling as well, um, make sure you get with Jamel or get someone that knows the business. Cause if you're trying to jump out here and get into flipping houses, like it's, it's definitely not how it looks on TV and man, you can lose a lot of money like that. I appreciate that, man. You know, there's a, that's a common phrase, a common statement made on a lot of these podcasts I've been doing recently. A lot of the guys who are really successful in what they do, they say the same thing. You have to have somebody show you how to get it done. Yeah. I'm a unicorn in a sense where I didn't have uh, someone show me how to do it for like the first five years. I was doing deals without someone showing me, but then I met uh, a guy named Steve in Pennsylvania who took me on his wing. And that's honestly, that's when my my business went from here to here. Yeah. Overnight. It was, it was crazy because of the, the information and knowledge that he that he gave me so i definitely agree with that having somebody show you how to do it not reinventing the wheel yeah uh, a lot of people think that mentors are out here and, and don't get me wrong there are some people out here teaching and they sh- they have no business yeah. teaching people how to do it but um you know mentors are not out here to get anybody the price tag for mentorship is gonna um it, it, let me ask you this when it comes to mentoring, and this is right along with what I was going to say, by the way, um, the price tag for mentoring, does it outweigh the price that it's going to cost for you to learn? Nah, man. And look, me be totally transparent. No That's one good. is going to uh, t- teach you how to get rich for free. You name me one millionaire that will teach you how to make a million dollars for free, and I give you a million dollars. That's... That's just, people's time. Why would somebody take time out of their out of their business and out of their day to train someone for free? Some people do it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah some do. You also get what you pay for as well. Right. And of course, I mean, you have some programs out there that cost anywhere from 10000 up to 
and 20,000. And that's fine. But uh, you can't look at it like that. Um, I mean, like I said, man, if I didn't have a mentor, I would have easily lost $100,000 on a rehab because you know nothing about how to find contractors, permits, procedures, realtors. Like there's a lot of things that go into this rehabbing as well as wholesaling. So, I mean, uh, I mean, how many people pay for school? Like, yeah, I know someone that went to college, has their bachelor's, has a master's, and is struggling to find a job right now. Unbelievable, man. Which is totally unbelievable. But, I mean, if you pay a mentor, someone like yourself, Jamel, who's been in the business for years and years and actually done deals, actually done wholesale deals, and I think you still do deals. Like, I just saw, I just seen something the other day. And you're still out in the field. So, I mean, it's worth it, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, you know, and, and just going back to the contractor thing, you know, I was about your age when I had, you know, I probably, you know, I'm going to say this, I'm going to be totally transparent. I had one contractor who had, it was a window uh, contractor. He had to install windows. And that was the first time I ever paid anybody a little bit of money up front. Uh-huh. And it was like pulling teeth to find this guy until one day I knocked on his door where he lived and I had to oh, rough him up a little bit. And make uh, him finish the job the same. Yeah. He finished that job in two hours, man. <laughs> you know, so I had a strong arm a, a little yeah. bit, but um, I was just young and aggressive back yeah, then, yeah. and I wasn't gonna have nobody. You know, nobody was taking anything from me. So, yeah. but um, you know, it worked out to my benefit being that way, and um, you know, I, I learned from it. You know, and that's basically what you do uh, when you have mentors. They help you to, um, they help you to be able to eliminate that headache yeah. of dealing with people. They teach you as you go on. So if we had to give, let's say a three-step process for our listeners to get started, uh, what would that three-step process be? Um, the first step I would say is do your research just on the business, whether you're looking to do rentals, wholesaling, or rehabbing, I would say go online. Uh, I mean, we have YouTube, we have Google, like you can look up anything. So just learn uh, what you need to know about the business. The second step would be finding a mentor. Uh, so like I mentioned, you know, a ton of times, like getting in touch with someone like Jamel, especially if you're in his marketplace or just anyone. And then the third step would just be to take action because, you know, even though you have a mentor, Jamel's not going to hold your hand the whole entire way. Like you're going to have to put some sweat into the game as well. And, you know, show that this is something that you're serious about. So uh, first step would be, you know, looking into the business, learning everything you need to know. Next step, finding a mentor. And then a final step would be to take action. I like the fact that you said learn the business before you get the mentor. And Mm -hmm. the reason why I like that, a lot of people, you know, there's nothing wrong with finding a mentor first. But you should know a little bit about the business before you approach the mentor. So then you can maximize the the opportunity with the mentor you know he's not taking the time to help you uh learn stuff that you should probably know by the time you get a mentor so i like the fact that you mentioned that never even thought about it that way but i do like i I can understand that that um yeah that you know that ideology behind that so definitely um uh 
take the, that information that Derek just gave you and just think about it. You know, we're not trying to, we're not on this podcast to try to get anybody into a mentorship program, but you're hearing it from somebody who's been successful for the last six years in his business. This, this kid is 24 years old about to close a, a, a six figure deal. And yeah. how many of you who are, you know, 25 to you know, 54 years old have ever done that before? That's kind of what you want to, it's because he has someone showing him how to do it. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and, and rehab and, as well. And another thing like this, like this bad thing with like mentors, cause you know, there are some mentors out there that are taking advantage of people. Right. Very unfortunate. But I mean, even when you do become successful, like I know you still have like, oh, yeah. you share the same mentor as well at like, you know, where we were at in uh, Tampa. So um, and, and that's what mastermind, mastermind group. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just joined the mastermind group, uh, just the other day. Yeah. So, um, you get never too big to stop learning or have someone that could show you something different. Cause you know, even I had seen some success, but when I came down to Tampa to meet with you guys, I was probably the youngest one in the room and like you all had way more success than me. So you can always keep learning from someone. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So obviously we want to, uh, we want to take action. You know, a lot of, a lot of the listeners right now are probably newer or they've been in around, been in, been in the business for a little while and they're looking to learn how they can continue to streamline their business. But it really all boils down. Like you said, it boils down to learning, uh, finding a mentor and then taking action without the action. You really can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, outside of that right yeah and as long as you're uh consistent like doing something making calls every day writing letters or sending out postcards or like eventually something is going to happen yeah it might not happen today or tomorrow next week next month but if you're staying consistent and doing what you're supposed to do you'll be surprised how stuff just falls in place man um i'm glad you said that because when i used to work on wall street uh, right before I got into real estate, um, when I was cold calling, the, the, the guy that I was working with, he used to say, try to add something to your business every day. If you can add one thing to your business every day, before you know it, you're going to have a lot, of, a lot of days and a lot of things added to your business, and your business is just going to grow. Yes. So try to add one thing to your, if you find one motivated seller a day, one, uh, if you drive, a, drive for dollars, find one house a day. Yeah. You just yeah. do that, and you take action. Eventually, yeah. it turns into this snowball effect, right? Yeah. It doesn't. And for me, like, when I would cold call, I would be happy when people would tell me no, because I'd be like, well, it's just one step closer to somebody <laughs> saying yes. Closer to a yes, man. Yeah. So yep. How you got to look at it? Perfect. Perfect, man. Great call. I really appreciate you jumping on the line with us today. Thanks. So if you had to give some uh, last-minute advice or some words of wisdom mm-hmm. to our listeners uh, looking to get started. Maybe they, they're, they're your age. Maybe they're a little older than you. Uh, maybe they're a lot older than you. What would that word of wisdom be? Um, yeah, man. Uh, and this comes from me doing the seminars and I came across like a lot of people who's looking to get in the business. And I would just say, man, get started and don't be afraid to invest in yourself. I like, like that, man. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself because no one else will. That's like, right. 
if you're not willing to put no skin in the game, man, and you're not willing to invest in yourself, and it doesn't have to even be getting a mentor, but if you're not looking to put your money where your mouth is as far as spending the money for a direct mail or uh, to get people cold call or whatever it may be, um, you'll never see results. So that would be my last bit of advice, man. Just jump into it and don't be afraid to put your money where your mouth is. And I love it, man. You heard it from you heard it from Derek himself. And the good thing is, a lot of guys your age are just graduating college. You know, they they didn't second guess going to college, but they'll second guess their education in yeah. themselves, right? So the point is, don't second guess your education. You know, you invest, you, you're going to invest, that money is going to come from somewhere. Either you're going to blow the money, get in a mentor, uh, not get in a mentor, or you're going to get a mentor and not blow the money. You know, you're going to minimize your losses having someone show you how to do it. But the point is, get into wholesaling, get your money up, start rehabbing houses, grow your money, then take that money and build uh, residual income uh, yep. with it. And that's the game plan, guys. If you wholesale, 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 then flip one, wholesale, 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 flip. By the time you get to your fourth flip, you could be able to buy a house cash. Yeah. And then you just start rinse and repeat. You do that for 10 years, five years, you know, you can literally retire from this business yeah. uh, and, and be well off. No matter what age you are right now, I, I, I could see you being done by the time you're 30. I was able to do it by the time I was 30, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, you know, the whole point is it all starts with taking action. If you don't take action, you won't get the results that you're looking for at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. I agree. So you got, uh, social media and you got some links and stuff like that. Uh, you know, how can our listeners get in contact with you? Derek? Yeah. Um, Instagram is the best way at GQ Derek. That's G Q D E. R-R-I-C-K, Facebook, Derek, Anthony on there. Um, and yeah, man, that's pretty much it. So uh, Facebook.com slash Derek Anthony and yep. you said GQ Derek? GQ Derek on IG. On, on IG. Okay, so that's D-E-R-R-I-C-K? Yep. Sounds good. So GQ Derek yep. on Instagram. Yep. And then uh, Facebook at Derek Anthony. D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Yep. And um, definitely check him out. He's doing some things in his business, obviously. And uh, I can't wait to see what the future holds for him as well. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. It's been a real pleasure having you. I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you got a lot of things going on. But, um, you know, it's always good to, to, to share what you know with, with others as well. So definitely appreciate that, man. And I'm looking forward to having you on again in the future when you make some more progress. Yeah. Seeing what your business look like. Look, it's looking like at that time. Yeah, man. I would love to come back. Awesome, man. It's been a pleasure having you guys listen to this podcast. Be sure to check it out on uh, any of the major podcast platforms and also uh, rate this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you download it uh, and give it a, a, a thumbs up as well. And also, if you're on YouTube, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, Make sure you like this video, subscribe to my channel, click the notification bell, and also leave a comment below. Let me know what you thought about this episode with Derek Anthony. And um, if you have any other questions for Derek, reach out to him on his platforms, 
and uh, he'll be more than happy to assist you at that point. It's been a pleasure having you guys, and I'll talk to you in the next one. Take care. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.